everybody's got to eat. And nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragusi for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Hello, Francine. Hi, Matt. What a week, huh? Oh, it's been been crazy. <laughs> it has been crazy. So um, y'all saw this the last episode that we did, our producer Joe had to make, because supposedly my 10 children used up all of the internet in Colorado. <laughs> It was so funny. At least, at least in your house. At least in my house. They just burnt right through it. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy. Yeah, it was like a, a Friday morning, boom, no internet. Xfinity said they were going to get here on Monday, no show. It's really interesting how some of these companies, they're definitely a monopoly. Like Comcast Xfinity definitely believes that they are a monopoly and that there is no competition. And they, don't quite understand that they are a utility. Like now, particularly since people are working from home, they need to be here. Like their date that they were going, because they missed our first appointment on Monday, they were supposed to be here Thursday afternoon. Yeah. See, I don't, they're not my provider anymore, but I, they used to be. And oh my God, my office was in my home. People worked in my home. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's not the case right now. But it's like, no, that doesn't work for me. You don't understand. And I had business service. Right. So it was like, what the hell are you talking about? You, <laughs> this doesn't work. You yeah. can't come two days from now. People no, are working no. here. Yeah. And then they give you a window. I mean, I wish I could do that. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be at your office to help you out, you know, between the hours of 12 and 7, three weeks from now. Oh, no, no. Ours was 8 to 8. <laughs> Okay, so finally, like I had talked to them and they were like, after three hours of basically saying to them, no, we can't have a meeting on, uh, we can't have you come here on Thursday at 5 p.m. They are like, um, okay, fine, we can give you an appointment. They're like, when can, when can you meet? And I said, ASAP? I said, if you want to send a technician here at midnight tonight, I will be awake for them. Like, okay, we'll have you, we can get you there at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Okay, this is like 5 p.m. Monday night. And then my wife gets a text message because she's the main person on the account. The The meeting for Tuesday, the appointment for Tuesday was canceled. We will k- stick with your uh, uh, original appointment at on Thursday at like 4 p.m. So my wife gets on the call, spends two hours. I'm on the call looking for competitors. I'm on the phone looking for competitors. And I basically said to Comcast, like, okay, I have CenturyLink coming over like on Wednesday, if you can't get here before then, we're switching over. And they got here Tuesday. So if you guys really have issues, find a competitor and use that because, yeah, I, finally they got here. And then my computer crashed so that IT was on for a whole day helping me with my computer. I was telling everybody that this was God's way of saying I needed to go on vacation a week earlier, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I was telling Francine before the show, I was like, 
I was not excited about driving across country with 10 children by myself. My <laughs> wife is flying to California while I'm driving across country in a caravan by, by, until after this week. Now I'm like, sure, bring it on. <laughs> Vacation with 10 children is nothing after this week. <laughs> no, nothing. And then four Francine's had a crazy week too, but she can't talk about it. No, she can't. <laughs> but it it has been equally as bad. <laughs> the uh, confidentiality in our industry is real. Sure is. Sure is. It sure is. Well, you know what? I mean, talking about jobs and the craziness of you know, working from home and stuff like that. I, I think the internet is only going to become more and more powerful and more and more of a necessity and more and more of a utility. Like I, I, people don't really realize this. It is a utility. It's like water. It's like electricity. It's like gas. The internet it has become truly a utility and it's only going to increase because of AI, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things that we live, eat, breathe, and depend on. I mean, think about it. You know, when our internet goes down, we can't function as a business. No. And you you mentioned AI. You know, it's becoming more and more integrated into our world. Yeah. And the more we depend on that, the more important internet is going to be. So, to your point and what you were talking about earlier, these companies are going to have to understand the importance of their business or there's going to be a competitor or multitude that will understand that will understand the importance of their business. Yes. And, you know, they're going to be like IBM was, but I'm talking about the old IBM of, you know, computers years ago when they didn't think that, you know, they thought computers were a fad. Right. Or, or, or uh, going to be used specifically in uh, academia and big business, big data chunks. So, you know, yeah, you're talking about like the mainframe versus Bill yes. Gates being like, no. And, and Steve Jobs being like, no, every human across the nation is going to have their own computer. Well, when PCs first came out, they were like, this is a fad. People aren't going to really do that. You know, this is going to be, it, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, my heavens, everybody, everybody has a computer of some sorts today. Yes. There was an article, I believe it was written in the New York Times that talked about it. I've written about it. And, you know, the person that wrote that article was whoever, whoever made that comment. I don't have it in front of me right now. You might be looking it up. You know, they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally wrong. Plain and simple. They were wrong. And, you know, it's gone so much beyond computers with artificial intelligence. My heavens, you know, we've got platforms in every type of industry that can do amazing things. You know, they can track products from the time, you know, a seed is planted in the ground till a fork goes in your mouth. I saw a video the other day of a robot slicing pizza. Right. Or the flip it. Flippy, yeah. Yeah, Flippy, you know, has been flipping hamburgers for a couple of years now. You know, robots are dropping fries in restaurants and AIs everywhere. It's just amazing, the technology and what's happening now. Yeah, so why don't you, can you talk, I mean, because you just wrote an article that was really good 
about AI in restaurant. And, and I'd like to kind of ex- expound a little bit on AI in the supply chain because I'm seeing AI used by farmers, you know, so it's, it's fascinating. But, but there's been a lot of money put in and a lot of innovation uh, designed around food service type stuff. And, and what are you seeing in that? So, I mean, it's being used to monitor the supply chain for supply chain management. Operators are managing inventory, tracking the movement of their supply chains down to, you know, where the trucks are being driven, what the best delivery paths are for their for their drivers, inventory management. And this was starting even in the restaurants, you know, before I left the restaurant industry, you know, they're using AI to manage their inventory, their employee schedules. And, you know, I'm not talking about farmers right now. I'm back into the restaurants. AI is being used to manage refrigeration, humidity. There's a company out in San Francisco that's done a fabulous job with equipment that manages the inventory of, I'm not, I'm sorry, not inventory, but refrigeration in a variety of different units. And it notifies, and, and there are other companies that do this as well. But, you know, if the temperature of the unit drops, It'll send out notifications to everybody so that you don't lose that oh, product. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk I, about sustainability. Um, yeah. And you can use that, you know, whether it be for produce and farmers or wholesalers or in retailers or schools. And think about the times way back when, when you would go into a facility in the morning and a unit had shut down. You had no idea how long it had been off, and you'd have to throw all that product away because you didn't know. All right. So I have been in the industry long enough to see mercury thermometers get replaced. <laughs> but I was like, oh, no, you can't have these in your facility anymore. They're like, why not? Yeah, well. Uh, you so- break it. It's going to go down. Yeah. To now seeing like exactly what you're talking about where – People just get notified when their cooler goes, you know, out of spec. Well, in transparency, people now know where their food's coming from. You know what I mean? Whereas before, you may not have always known where your your products were coming from. And it could take days to figure out where the product actually originated if there was a oh, problem. Let's say somebody or, or got they sick. they can't find it. Or, or, well, you know, we talked to Bill Marler <laughs> yep. a couple weeks yeah. ago. You know, you may not know where it came from. And I think that one of the things that I'm talking a hundred miles an hour on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you just wrote the article. This is, this is Francine, by the way. I was like, Oh, we should talk about on the, on the next podcast. We should talk about your article. And Francine's like, which one? <laughs> and you and I are both like on this article. I have three articles after you finished by the end of the week and you've already done like what you did five last week. So I, I, yeah, it's like, I can't remember <laughs> I what like, I wrote. Because AI, I've, Francine. I've written several AI? since then. So <laughs> yeah. So um, if they can even figure out where the product did originate, to begin with, you know, that yeah. becomes a problem. I know what I wanted to say, trust. One of the things that AI is going to do is improve both communication and trust because communication and trust are something that is many times in the industry significant, lacking significantly. Um, you know, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Yep. And when you have that lack of communication, there's no way that you can have 
trust. And many times from start to finish, people complain about the cost of AI. You know, well, it's going to cost me so much to implement these systems. My response to that, I guess, is, but what's the cost of not implementing it? And right now, like when you're talking about like Flippy, so those of you who don't know, Flippy is um, created by, it's a robot created by this this company. They've been, I won't say hawking, but, but they've best, definitely been really pushing and selling this thing for about a decade now. <clears throat> and everybody thought like this thing is not going to last. Like he was the first really to the market. And usually that's not a successful strategy is being first in the market, but companies are adopting it. And now it's like, up to like Flippy 2, and then there's a, a fl- Fry Flippy. And um, a lot of companies are starting to implement this for a few reasons. It, 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 was, it was really COVID, I think, that propelled the, the adoption of these robots because they couldn't get people, fast food restaurants couldn't get people into um, work. And then, then they were hit by two things. One is it was hard to get people to perform the jobs, one. And two, the overall costs of, of having employees has increased significantly as minimum wages increased significantly. So now all of a sudden, the, the cost and the demand in terms of labor have hit that threshold on that uh, supply and demand chart where and that price where they're like, you know what, maybe I should drop – 200 grand or however much it is for these flippy robots to replace labor. And, you know, one of the big things that they're talking about is it's also, it also decreases their insurance, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're working fryers, the chances of you getting burned are pretty high. I, uh, my daughter has some friends that worked at McDonald's or whatever, and they were always coming home with like burns and stuff like that. So it just kind of getting to that point where the technology is, is cheap enough and the demand is high enough that all of a sudden adoption makes sense financially. Well, and I wonder if they factored employee turnover into that equation. Yeah, because you have to train every that's a good point. Yeah. Because I'm you know, until sure so you did. add in, you know, the training and, you know, the turnover, because turnover is incredible in that yeah. industry. And it went up, it's gone up even higher since since COVID. So that's huge as well. And adoption too. I mean, now you can, a lot of these fast food restaurants, you just order on your app anyways. So having a kiosk. I'm laughing um, because you said adoption and I saw children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Matt, altering the reality of that one word. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have this little, little baby right now. She is so adorable. She is adorable. She's so cute. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to digress there. (laughs) She is so adorable though. And we don't, we're not, we're not adopting anymore. We just do foster care too for, for um, medically fragile babies and send, bring them through the system and hand them back to mom. Hopefully if, if they recover or, or hand them to an adoption uh, family, so they don't have to go through the system of adopting a baby. And and this one, this this one will be, this will be hard. All my kids are like, "Can we adopt her?" I'm like, no, guys, seriously. I already have ten colleges. I'm not. <laughs> so I had more, but uh, but she definitely will be a hard one, and uh, I'm sure she'll go to a great family, or hopefully, mom mom recovers. But um, so adorable. But yes, that was a divergent. But no, but kiosks even, like before COVID, 
a lot of companies were testing out these kiosks and in, instead of being in line waiting at a register you go up to the kiosk and you fill things out and here in the springs very few fast food places actually have open registers you either order on your app or you order a kiosk and then adoption has obviously been accepted versus before covid i remember people talking all the time like no i want to talk to a human being and i'm like i do too most of the time when they're not being paid minimum wage. Like, like most of these people, like I think I can make my order on a kiosk or on my phone better, but it's it's changing. And that on that AI, AI is only going to add to that. So another thing I wanted to say is not only are they using this equipment, some of these brands, several of these brands have invested heavily in in the robots, not just by purchasing them. They've invested in the companies. Oh, right. Right. So like on the supply chain side, um, some of the companies that that uh, that I worked with are investing heavily in robots for for harvesting. Right. Right. Uh, I, I almost wrote an article like, I don't know, four or five years before COVID. I think I even talked to you about this, about why is everybody coming across the border? There's not going to be any jobs for you. <laughs> it was a little too early, but now I really believe so. Like, it's becoming harder and harder to, to to hire illegal immigrants, and a lot of the field workers really are illegal immigrants. But as these robots become, and COVID really changed that. So a lot of the companies were investing. The the a lot of the uh, major farming companies were investing in robots and AI for harvesting, but that ramped up really high during COVID when it was hard to get people into the fields, and they're like, oh man, now. It really makes sense that we we do this, but uh, where Flippy could be a robot without AI, right? Because it's you know you put line it lines everything up and it it just has mm -hmm. a a memory of what needs to be done. Produce, it would be very hard without AI because you have to pick it at the perfect ripeness, the perfect bricks, the perfect everything. Like a human eye could see, and and you can't just see the top, right? You have to see the whole entire product. Uh, and to know that it's ready to to be picked. So a lot of money is going into that. But it, it is really interesting to see some of these tests where these robots are going up and down in fields. And you're like, man, we really are moving into the space era. Right. It's cool. The, my biggest concern is sanitation. And mm -hmm. I would love to see, I, I saw one a few years ago and they can concern me a little bit. I would love to see some of the sanitation SOPs for some of the for some of them. Yeah. It's my comment. So last week I was at a conference called CPS. If you're in California, no, CPS also means something other than child protective services. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Center for that. Produce Safety is is what it is, CPS. And the the produce industry backed this entity right after one of the major spinach outbreaks. And it has done amazing research. And we're talking about real egghead nerdy research stuff. But um, that got brought up as well as is is the sanitization of, of harvesting equipment in general before it being robotic, right? And there's this great food safety lady that, that was at Dole and now she's going to be at IFPA, which is the, the produce, main I've produce association. And uh, her name is Natalie, and she was at Dole, and she gave a great presentation at Food Safety Summit. Did, did you see that presentation? Yes. yes. Where she walked through 
Um, they had E. coli that the, uh, the FDA came to them and said there's E. coli in two different regions. So they're like, well, shoot, if it's if the coli is in two different regions, it, how is it with my plant? And so then they started diagnosing a bunch of different things and found out it was harvesting equipment that mm -hmm. had moved from Salinas to Yuma. And that's what happens. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they had then swabbed all these, this stuff and they found out that it was this equipment. And they, they basically went and did like a massive seek mission and did hundreds, thousands of swabs, found that it was this piece of equipment. And then from that, they figured out how to kind of rebuild the equipment to make sure it was safer, how to sanitize it better. And, and really the, 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 the info was, was fascinating. But now we're talking at, at, at CPS, they're talking about uh, blueberry harvesting equipment. So blueberry harvesting equipment, the blueberry bushes are about, I don't know, five, six feet tall, four to six feet tall. And it looks like a roller, like a, like a hair roller with little rubber tips or like, a, like if you were taking your car to a car wash, the thing that like rubber wax your car, that rolly thing. There's two, one on either side, going down the bushes, down the row, and it's pulling these blueberries out, hits a belt, goes up, and then gets packed. And so they're talking about, okay, well, as AI increases, just to your point, Francine, how do we make sure that we sanitize this appropriately? So they're already, the produce industry is already thinking about this. Right. Big and time. her, you're right, her presentation was amazing, and how they figured that out was incredible. As far as produce yes. and the feel. It'd be awesome if we can get her on a podcast just to talk about that one thing. She probably would. Just to walk through the diagnosis of, oh my gosh, we have an outbreak. Why? Where? How? <laughs> like going through and, and she diagnosed, went through and, and explained the whole entire process of how they figured out it was that piece of equipment. And Dole's huge, right? I mean, everybody right. knows Dole and they have things happening all over the place. And so- it was it was fascinating how they weeded it down to that one finding that needle in the haystack. It was, and she talked in a manner that anybody could understand what she was saying. I mean, it was, oh, it was very scientific, yeah. but she talked in a way that anybody could listen and understand what she was saying. It, but also gave everybody confidence that it was done appropriately. Oh yeah, which you know is interesting because that's not the case most of the time, right? <laughs> like uh right. There are there are a lot of uh amazing food safety nerds like we call them that um are fantastic at figuring things out but not really good at communicating how they did it. Right. And she's good at both, which is yes. unique. She she did an amazing job. Her presentation a, a lot of times those presentations don't keep your intention the entire way through. And um, I, well, especially when you're somebody that who's, it's not real easy to keep your attention the entire way through. Yes. And it was, I found it very fascinating as well. Yeah, she was very good. But we, I, we have to, I have to have you come with CP, come to CPS with me next year. You want to talk about hard. <laughs> all right, so the, these are all, the, the industry pays for academics. So different research institutions like UC Davis, like Georgia Tech, like all these big companies, like uh, universities. And then they're, they pay for research to be done by doctoral students, masters, uh, and all that stuff. And so when they come up, sometimes it's like kids, sometimes it's like 
adults, when I say kids, like, you know, they're in their 20s or whatever, versus in some people like 60s. And, and they're going through their research. And, ooh, man, some, sometimes it's like, wow, that was the gnat on the fly's butt <laughs> on the apple. You know, like, wow, you we went way, way deep out of that one. But it's good stuff. Right. It's, 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 it's important and it's good, but they haven't learned yet that you have to actually maybe tell a story or something to keep people's interest. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that being said, I had a fascinating couple of weeks with people sending me a lot of, actually it was the same video that came from TikTok and it was, it, it, it it, it's something I've never seen before. There was a lady who cracked an egg and, you know, how, sometimes you crack the egg and this hasn't happened to me for a really long time, but you crack oh, the egg you and it, this doesn't, to me. it doesn't make it into wherever it's supposed to go. She was cooking oh. breakfast, apparently. She cracks <sighs> the egg and it, it falls on the kitchen counter and I wouldn't use the egg. I just, you know, right. I just probably wouldn't use the egg. You know, I just wouldn't. And even if you were going to use the egg, let's say hypothetically that your counter is perfectly clean. You decide you're going to use the egg. Most people would scoop the egg up into a container and dump it into the skillet. Slide right. The skillet or, or put the skillet onto the side of the counter and use and the scoop it off. Whatever. Whatever <laughs> yes, you're gonna do. You're at home. It. You know your home if it's clean, whatever. <laughs> she she sucks this egg up in her mouth and spits <laughs> it in the skillet. <laughs> like that has got to be the grossest thing I've one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. Who does that? <laughs> well, she does. Obviously, and then films herself doing it. Like, well, somebody filmed her doing it, doing it. I'm like, oh my god! Even if it was staged, because who happens just to have the calendar that or the camera there? I'm like, oh my god! And what's what's even funnier about this? Oftentimes, these things when I I have a whole lot of things that are sent to me that could keep us in conversation at the end of these for you know years probably. Some are appropriate to talk about, some aren't. But what's funny is this was sent to me across multiple platforms. It wasn't just sent to me like on Facebook or on Instagram, but it was sent to me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and on Facebook. So everybody saw this. Yeah, and I remember just you like, sending this to me. I, for, I had forgotten like, until you started telling me the story, but the yoke stayed intact. I, like, I... I <laughs> I mean, the, uh, you got to give her some talk credit about for this without gagging. I mean, I, you, I just got to give her credit for the technique. She was able to suck that egg up and keep the yolk intact. It didn't scramble in her mouth. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of stuff. Not much affects me like this, but uh, I wonder if she. I wonder if she learned that at the restaurant she works at. Oh my god! <laughs> no, 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 no. Special oh. services. <laughs> yeah, when you said that to me, I, I think I remember being like, OMG. Some platforms are different than others. And it was like, when it started coming to me on, on LinkedIn, like, I was like, you, I mean, it's just like, you're all just making me, every time I saw it, it's like, you're just making me gag. What are you doing? 
even the even just Instagram, like it's like all of them. You're making me gag. But it's like, I wasn't expecting to see it there. You know what I mean? It's just like, cause they're, I don't typically get that type of stuff there. We had to figure out a way with Joe, Joe, our producer of showing these TikToks and having you and I look at them at the same time. And then him <laughs> like filming, like adding it to our videos or whatever. I, I don't know. Joe, can you do that? I don't know. If you can say yes, and then we'll, we'll work in it on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> for the next TikTok. We'll have to have somebody find them, send them to us. Maybe Jonathan could do that. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan. Find them, send them to us, and we can look at them at the same time. Maybe, you know, have them shown on here. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, it's, uh, we're talking about Jonathan Needham, and he's like our number one fan. Um, uh, and actually helped us in the beginning kind of discuss podcast right at the very beginning right. so yeah that's a good that would be a good project for jonathan that'd be oh, fun it would be amazing well on that note another day another 50 cents yes it is <laughs> all right don't eat poop guys even if it's ai generated don't eat poop <laughs> no poop <laughs>